back in action for another episode of Small Business Dads. Daniel Monday with you again for another week. Thanks for tuning in. For this cool little chat that I have today, Mark and John Cronin join us from John's Crazy Socks. And it's a first for a couple of reasons. Obviously, it's the first time I've had two people on the podcast. Um, Father and son team, great backstory, which you'll love. Um, But they've actually been able to turn a great little backstory into an awesome business opportunity with a purpose, uh, most importantly too. But secondly, it's also the first time Small Business Dads has gone international. So... Mark and John um, are joining us from New York, and it's an awesome story. I really think you're going to enjoy this one today and get a lot out of it. It's a business with a purpose, like I said. Let's get straight amongst it. All right. This is a uh, it's a different chat today. It's for, for two reasons. It's the first time I've had two people on the um, podcast at the same time, but more importantly, it's also the first time uh, we've gone international. So welcome, Mark and John Cronin. I appreciate you joining us today on Small Business Dads. We are excited to be here. Thank you very much. I'm so grateful. Thanks for having us on the podcast. It's that, wonderful. Well, look, I appreciate you joining us. And um, the one thing I really like, obviously, I want to hear about the business side of things down the track. And there's obviously, I'm sure it'll come up as part of uh, your background as well. But it is a... Really interesting story. So please share your background, Mark, first, and then we can speak to John and uh, and find out about John. Well, let's see. How how do I do this? I'll give you my life in two minutes. No. Uh, so go for it. Um, I am a dad, so I'm glad to hear here. I'm married now, forty years. Um, right. There's an old Bob Dylan line of. Uh, when I see you, I don't know if I want to kiss you or kill you. Well, uh, I want to kiss you, mate. So don't take that personally. But... <laughs> we have three sons, uh, all now uh, grown, though uh, so still growing. John is the youngest at age 25. Um, I, we're here in the States. Uh, we're on in a town called Huntington, which is on Long Island, which is a suburb of New York City. We're about I know 30- Long Island well. I spent a bit of time in Long Island back in the oh, day. Okay, um, we uh, I have had a fun and adventurous life, right? Uh, university here in the states, over in uh, in Ireland. Uh, when I was a young man, did a lot of hitchhiking, hitched across the U.S. three times and and around Europe, and uh, those are good educational experiences. People ought to be able to do more of that. Definitely. Um, I went and got my, I worked uh, with a congressman over here, went and got myself a master's degree out of Harvard University in public policy, um, worked in the New York City government for a while and for a long time in the healthcare field, trying to figure out how do we better deliver healthcare uh, to the poor and how do we better organize healthcare? Because here in the States, we got that, uh, what would the technical term be? Ass backwards. so I spent a lot of time doing that, but I've also written a novel, published a bunch of uh, short stories, run political campaigns. Um, I've started uh, a number of uh, you know, entrepreneurial companies, both in the healthcare field, um, but a software company. And uh, now brings me to the current time when John and I are co-founders of a company called 
John Crazy Sock. We're co-founders and he got Beautiful. So that's about me. You want to tell about yourself? Yes. I, I am I am a son. Um, I, I raised my parents, my dad and my mom. You raised us. They <laughs> don't raise me. Oh, we raised you. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you've taken them. I'm sure you've given and, them a life lesson along the way, John. And, and, and I, I am a, a brother. Um, I am a youngest brother of three. Um, 25 years old. I raised, I raised from um, Sleepy Hollow. Um, so you were born in Sleepy I, Hollow. I born Sleepy Hollow. And I, um, I've been working. Uh, I, I, I'm in school system. I, I enter, I enter in high school, and going to be be my last year. And I, um, I've been uh, working with my dad. All right. So why don't you tell me about the school and some of the things you do, and then we'll talk about the business. Yeah. Okay. So. You went to high school? I went to a, to a high school. What would you study? I studied life skills. Right. And um, um, life skills and I forgot the other one. Well, you went to the tech school. I, you I tech there? school. Um, um, I studied hearing and um, Plus, you're a Special Olympic athlete? Yeah, I am. Special Olympic athlete. I played a different sport. Basketball, nice. track and field, soccer, and snowshoe. And um, and, and I'm, and I, and I am um, I I work I work a a, a business. You work with me a before a I, I with my dad, and then I work at day camp. At, uh, the, uh, I I I I I work in the kitchen. You've been an organizer for a long time. You to I I organize. And and what do you want everyone to know about you? I have down next room. Down next room, never hold me back. Awesome. So that's pretty good. That, uh, that tells us who we are. Right? Yes. You're single? N no. Um, I am single and I'm dating. And you're dating. Very good. And if your girlfriend finds you with another girl, she's going to go upside your head. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, mate. That happens to all of us. <laughs> you definitely want to stay on the good side. I don't want to get on the bad side of my wife there either. No, no. I live in fear. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, that's the one tip. Keep well behaved. But <laughs> fellas, it's it's um probably draws us now. The one thing I want to know, probably well, um, so I want to know who came up with the idea because it's a pretty cool idea for John's crazy socks. Was it you, John, or was it something of Mark? And but how does that um, work? Where did that come from? I, I just my idea, and uh, just my idea. I I've been looking around a uh, job programming school. Well, we should put some things in some context. Yes. Out of where it came from, right? Here in the states, if you have a disability, you can stay in the public school system in high school until you turn 21. When you turn 21, they say, get out. Um, and the thing is, when you're in the school system, all of your services and everything you need is right there and right in front of you. Yep. But once you're done, you're on your own. 
and you know, given our form of government, in some states there may be programs to support you. Other states have nothing. Um, so you're going to go figure this out. It's frequently known as the 21-year-old cliff. So the origin started actually out of a challenge. It was John's last year of school. Yes. And what were you? And he was trying to figure out what am I going to do next? I did. And what were you looking at? I look at job programming school. I don't like the the option. I don't like. Didn't say anything you like. But here's the thing, Dan. John here. He's a natural entrepreneur. So instead of that being a problem, he turned it into an opportunity. That's he said, perfect. well, if I don't see a job I want, what I, am I going to do? I'm going to create one. I want to make one. Nice. So what did you, you tell me? I said, I want to go into a venue with my dad. A nice father-son venue. Perfect. It's very cool, right? Your son comes to you and says, Dad, let's go into business together. And you're a dad. Maybe you can relate to this. So I have three sons, and, and this is one I can work with. So we said, okay, let's go nice. and let's go and um, and like a natural entrepreneur, you had a lot of ideas. Right. One of them was a food truck. Yeah, a food truck. Uh, I have an idea from the movie Chef, a uh, uh, John Farrow. Yep. Um, yep. That. That movie about a, a father and son bonding over a food truck. Yep. Which seemed like a fun idea. And we started thinking, what could we make and where would we have the food truck? Um, but uh, we ran into a problem. We can't, we can't cook. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like hard work anyway. I think you've got the smart plan now, mate. Um, but then right before the U.S. Thanksgiving in November of 2016, John here had his eureka moment. I did. I, I want to sound pretty soft. Why soft? It's fun. It's colorful. It's creative. I always let me be me. Nice. And everyone needs them. John had worn these crazy socks his whole life. We used to drive around looking for them. So once he said that, we figured, okay, you know, if he loves them this much, there must be other people who love them that much too. Yep. Um, so that's why he gets his name on the business. Well, I'll tell you what, it's a pretty good idea. And looking at your website, who comes up with the designs? Is that you, John? Yes, I am. Well, you come up with some of them. Yeah, right? I come up with some of them. How, how many different socks do we have? Um, we have 3,000. So John here is the owner of the world's largest socks right. in terms of choice. I mean, we're not out selling Walmart or Amazon or Target, but we have more choice than anybody else. Um, we get them from 27 different suppliers. Plus, we design and make our own. You've, you've designed a whole lot of them, right? I did. And everybody in the company helps pick socks, and our customers help pick socks. Well, I guess the ones that are the most popular are the ones that shows what they, uh, you know, the customer wants. You pump them out, I guess. Uh, we do, though, you know, you've heard in a lot of businesses, there's the 80-20 rule, 20% yep. of products will account for 80% of revenue. We don't have that. It's uh, much more like a long trail. It's more like 40% account for 60%. Um, because everybody's looking for something personal for them. Yep. Um, 
which is part of the fun, right? Um, now, the the one question that I have for you guys, a long time ago, it's a bit, it's a bit of a sidetrack, but it's sort of related to socks. Back in the day, I used to work in summer camps back in Alabama, so it sort of touched on what John Ooh. mentioned earlier when he was oh. working in the kitchens there. And the place that was the nearest town was a place they called themselves the sock capital of the world, funnily enough, and that was yeah. a place called Fort Payne um, in yeah. Alabama in the middle of nowhere. And um, how do you guys take something like the sock capital of the world, whether that was legitimate or it's just something they made up themselves, where do you guys take in that and you say, all right, we're going to beat that, or is that something that doesn't become a... Well, the competition's Payne, always good. They still call themselves the sock capital of the world, but they're not. Um, <laughs> not surprisingly. And, it's a small town for those, but for most people, I have no idea what we're talking about. For, Very small for a town. lot of reasons... The knitting trades in general and the sock industry more specifically has left the U.S. Yeah. It just Not aren't any manufacturers. So um, most of our socks come from China or Pakistan or South Korea. Um, we do have some that are made in the U.S. And we'd like to have more, um, but it's challenging to get the machinery and get the people to run the machinery. Yep, same here. And I know you have some of the similar issues in Australia. If I were to go out to a typical American consumer and say, would you rather buy something made in the US or made in China? They would overwhelmingly say, oh, I want it made in the US. Say, okay, we can do that. But, but you're <laughs> gonna have to pay 50% more, 60% more. It's like, well, I didn't say that. Yep. You know, it, um, so it's an ongoing issue. We are looking, uh, we're looking into buying our own machines and manufacturing here um, because it would let us turn things around faster, do smaller yep. runs, do better things for our customers. But it's Definitely. a challenge. How have you guys found what COVID and all that rubbish over the last 18 months that's you know overtaken the world? How has that affected things with the importing and, and delivery and stock and all that sort of stuff for you guys? Well, COVID has been bad for us the way it has been bad for the, you know, the world. Um, so there's a whole bunch of issues. When it hit here, and New York was hard hit, um, the first thing we had to concern ourselves with was safety. So more than half of our employees have a differing ability and they're more susceptible and more vulnerable. So John here, for example, people with Down syndrome are not more likely to get the virus, but if they do, they're five times more likely to be hospitalized, 10 times more likely to die. Wow. So we had to be really careful. Um, we probably lost $600,000 in revenue in wow. the spring of 2020. Um, but there's, uh, there's now, it's probably an old movie here in the US, The League of Their Own, a baseball, a women's baseball movie. Yep. And it was a line in it, no crying in baseball. Well, no crying in business. You just have to figure things out. So was there an innovation that you could take out yeah. of last year that you had to go down as a result? Yes, we, there's a whole lot of things we did. First, you adapt. 
So, you know, here's some examples. We, um, we used to give school tours. We would have schools coming in, social service agencies coming in. Well, you can't do that anymore. So you move it online. Well, it's, you know, the virtual is not the same experience as doing in person. But previously, the only people that could tour our place were local. Yep. Now we've had schools from around the world. The same thing with our speaking engagements. Um, we moved those online. Um, people aren't paying us for online speaking engagements as much, but you're doing many more and doing them around the world. Yep. Um, we do a, a part of our core uh, values is giving back. So we make awareness socks to raise awareness and raise money for certain causes. Yep. So one of the things we did, we made healthcare superhero socks that uh, could say thank you to the frontline workers. Nice. And they've raised over $50,000 wow. for frontline workers. And then you look to see what need is there? What else can we do? So we started selling masks. Um, we saw nonprofits were in trouble because they couldn't use their usual fundraising efforts. So we created a charity fundraising program that's touchless and remote um, to help nonprofits. Uh, what's our mission? Spreading happiness. Your mission is spreading happiness. Beautiful. How can we do that? Well, what do you do every Tuesday afternoon? Every Tuesday, I host a dance party. Every Tuesday at 3 p.m. John hosts an online dance party. We'll get nice. 100 people dancing on Zoom. You're the DJ. I'm the DJ. I'm the guy that, you know, carries the amplifiers and the loudspeakers so he can perform, right? What's um, the go-to? Tell us the go-to dance move, John. Oh, he's got a lot of dance moves, right? I do. Yeah? You're going to get up and dance? I, you're going to hold off? I, not just podcast. But, <laughs> so anyway, you know, that that's a long-winded answer to... COVID comes along, take care of people's health, and then figure out what do we adapt and what can we do new? Um, nice. Well, it's perfect. Surviving. Yeah, I think, you know, as business, I know my own business, it's I had to come up with ways, and I'm thankful for Zoom that I'm still there to operate because, you know, right now here in Australia, we're in lockdown for, you know, for case numbers that you laugh at, but it's... We're into week 12 and there's businesses that have ruined and as a small business, you got to take something out of it because otherwise I wouldn't still be able to have my doors open um, um, if it wasn't for, the, uh, you know, thinking outside the box and a lot of other business owners here are in the same sort of situation as well, unfortunately. But um, right, uh, so it moves us on. There's another question. I like to, you know, let's go back to the personal side of things. John, I'll start with you first, if you don't mind. Like you mentioned a little bit of the stuff that you like to do with your dance parties and, you know, you represented some Special Olympic stuff. And But how do you normally, like, obviously, with running a business and, you know, how do you normally like to unwind and get away from it all? When you're not working, what do you like to do? Um, I, I like uh, dancing. You like dancing? Nice. Hang with your friends. I dancing, hanging with my friends, hanging with my family, my brothers. You like traveling? I do. You like watching your shows? I love shows. Right or movies? So we're not going to movie theaters anymore. No, <laughs> no. Right. Right. You're an active guy. 
Yeah, Plus, you got all your special Olympic athletes, you know, right? Yeah, yeah. yes. What's your favorite sport that you play in the in the Special Olympics? Um, uh, uh, basketball. Nice. Um, oh, you got to pick. If you could only pick one, what would it be? Snowshoe. Snowshoe. Nice. So here's a really cool thing. The snowshoe, they strap on snowshoes, and it's a race. You know, he'll usually do maybe the hundred meter, and uh, and they got a fifty meter, but. So here we are, Northern Hemisphere. They only compete in two meets a year. One is at the end of January, and one is in the middle of February. But they start training in the right. summer on the beach, and they're running up and down on the beach. But running on the scene, that's how I work, sprint work on the scene. Right? Spending six months preparing for only two meets. How cool is wow. that? I really got awesome. You like that, don't you? I do. So, you know, this past weekend, you had snowshoe on Sunday. Yeah, I had snowshoe on Sunday, and last Saturday, I had soccer. Okay, they may call that football in Australia. Oh, I call it soccer. Uh, the, yeah, for, yeah, the technical people will call it football, but I call it soccer. Right. And you know what they play in Australia? They play the man's game. They play rugby. rugby. There you go. <laughs> I played rugby for a long time. Oh, very nice. Uh, the problem I'm is my prop. body's paying for it now. Yeah, I know that too. You know, <laughs> go see the orthopedist. Says, "What the hell did you do to yourself?" Well, about twelve years of rugby. You know? Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Now, how do you get away from an unwind mark? Um, you know, I like you know, hanging with friends, like traveling, hiking, reading, um, movies. Um, and you know that that sounds pretty good, right? I I I, I, I you have a wife. I do. <laughs> I do. You can't forget about that. I, no, we we get to spend time together. John John lets us go out on dates. That's I nice. Have, I'm going on a date. Um, yeah, we're lucky people. We get to have a lot of fun. Well, the one thing I do love is obviously you've got a passion for um, business. Uh, you know, you've obviously, like you said, you've been involved in a lot of stuff in the past, but most importantly, you've got a passion for family. And for you guys, it's actually worked out well. Like John's little idea back in the day, like at the time, did you think it would have gone to where it is now? Or you just thought it's a great way to get your son involved in, you know, giving him some purpose and give, and, you know, and something to, and yeah. something to get up for every day? When it started, we wanted to create meaningful work for John. Yeah. But it had to succeed as a business. And it turns out we like to live indoors. Um, so we tested the idea first. That's what we did that first December. It tested well, and, that, and we knew then we could grow it. Did we expect that we could turn it in the first year into a multi-million dollar business? No. No, we were bootstrapping. We didn't have, you know, venture capital money, you know, telling us you have to hit these huge targets. We didn't expect that. Um, but now we're at a point where uh, nothing surprises us anymore. Nice. You know, so where is it going Where's the next steps for it, John? What do you hope to see? I know you do a Sock of the Month club over in the States for the, you know, for US audience, but where do you like to see um, your, John's Crazy Socks heading in the future? Um, 
What do you want to be able to do? I I, I wanted you to fly. You you want to keep growing it? Yeah, I more jobs. Yeah, I want to close and um, new job. Uh, um, um, I have more, please. Yeah, we're we're doing a couple of things um, for the next you know, or, or next step. One, uh, we're focusing more now on just brand development of who we are, and that's you know carrying out our key mission of connecting with customers, hiring people with different abilities, um, uh, giving back, spreading happiness. I mean, here's a really cool thing. We told you John's a uh, Special Olympic athlete. Yep. He's donated over $100,000 US to the Special Olympics. Wow. That's pretty awesome, John. Well done. Giving back program. Um, so it's that. We want to be everywhere our customers are. So right now we only sell online, but we're rolling out B2B services. We'll be entering the wholesale market. Um, and, and we'll look about going on Amazon. We're not sure about that. Um, and we're developing products. You know, our promise is products are gonna make you feel good. They're gonna make you happy. The socks has become the physical manifestation of our purpose and our and our story, um, so we are we're already the world's largest sock store. It's making sure we keep developing there, but also introducing other products. Beautiful, mate. I want to get back to the dad side of things if we can, just briefly. Mm-hmm. And um, so, obviously, this question is more directed at you, but I always like to ask people what their best tip is as a dad. Not telling other blokes what to do, but just more you know, your two cents that you've noticed and obviously um, with a different spin on that for yourself, being able to work with your son. Um, what would you say to someone um, who may be in the same shoes as you or, you know, or who's um, looking to, you know, go into business with their kids? Any two well, cents you'd add? There are a couple of things. First, you know, uh, I love being a dad and I didn't think that was going to happen. My wife and I got married relatively young. We had just turned 23, but we didn't have kids for nine years. Um, we had some growing up to do. And I was putting it off because I didn't think I'd be a good dad, but I love being a dad. Yeah. Um, parenting is very humble. It is. There's so much we want to do for our kids. And in many ways, so little. Um, I can share what we've tried is uh, you Make sure that you know, we try to make sure they know their love, that we give them confidence and we believe in them. And with all three, it's promote their independence. Nice. Which means, you know, letting them fail. Um, you know, uh, I didn't listen to my parents. I had to go out and get some scars. Yeah. Um, and they're the same way. And you know, part of it is understanding it's their life. Um, and it's, uh, you know, uh, we, we joke about it. our middle son or his brother worked with us for a while and that wasn't going to work. You know, we, if we're, we kept doing that. We, you'd find us both in a pool of blood with hatchet, with action. <laughs> I love them dearly, but uh, 
you know. This wasn't meant to be. He loves me and we get along, but you know, working together, eh, that wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, you know, it's we are we we are doing things to answer questions and help families in a similar situation that are um, that have children with a differing ability. Um, so one project we're developing, we're calling it JCS Champions. Um, we'll start this next year, but we want to put 1,000 people into their own business over five years. Nice. Uh, we're going to give them, in essence, a micro franchise. We're going to give them a business in a box. So they'll get a rack, and I stand, we're going to give them inventory, we're going to give them training, materials, support, so they can have their own business and they can sell our socks and other items, um, you know, at craft fairs, farmers markets, in local stores. Um, but we want to show that entrepreneurship is an option for everybody, including people with different abilities. Definitely. Now, John, a question for you. How do you feel being the brains behind this organization and the brains behind this idea? How does that make you feel? Like coming up with this way back when you wanted to look for something to finish school. Um, how do you feel now seeing where it's come? How do you feel? You're the one that came up with the idea. I feel, I feel really happy. I, I feel really happy and I'm very passionate and I want to look for a job um i want i want to quit uh, i quit one and um i feel really happy you like doing what you're doing i do yeah. i i feel i feel content great well other people have asked john well what's your favorite thing at work you know your favorite thing to do and then he just lists everything he does <laughs> <laughs> nice well mate it's awesome that you know and the other thing is as well it obviously it's given you a purpose and it's given you a, a job and a business but you've also but you've helped a whole bunch of other people as well and that's the at the end of the day that's something and one have been the thing that you started out to do but look where it's come now you should be pretty proud of that it's uh it feels good right it's we had a team meeting a day on friday we we're talking about you know we're a purpose-driven business and, and one of the promises that we make to our colleagues is we'll give you a mission worthy of your commitment. That, you know, we all want to make money. That's fine. But there's got to be something else. And, and the profits and, and money for us just fuels what we get to go with. Because what are you always saying are the two things that make you happy? A gratitude and, and, and to further. Gratitude and two for others. Nice. That's pretty cool, huh? It is very cool. Now, fellas, there's a question that I normally like to ask to finish up on, and it's a bit of a hypothetical, but if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? I'll start with you first, Mark. What would I tell my younger self? Just for what you know now and what you've experienced in life, Hey, you don't need that beer. No. Um, <laughs> you always need a beer. <laughs> if, if I could go back, I wouldn't gain the weight. But uh, there's a Robert Earl Keane song called uh, 
Corpus Christi Day. And it's got a line in it that says, if I could do it all over, it wouldn't matter anyway. I'd probably just do the same thing I already did. Nice. Um, you know, the life is made up of uh, so much happenstance and, uh, and chance occurrence that, you know, would I like to change something, make some different decisions? Yeah, but if you want to do that thread, kind of like Star Trek, right? You can't go back and undo it. Yeah. Uh, you know, or, uh, you know, um, here, here's kind of a different way of explaining it. So his two older brothers both played American football. They both played in high school and in college. But the eldest one worked incredibly hard, was really focused, was really smart about it. He's huge. He was, when he was playing, he was six, eight, 300 pounds. Wow. He's now whippet thin. In fact, he's going to be running the New York City Marathon um, in November. But, and I say this with great love and affection, he may be the worst athlete I've ever met. <laughs> we did it right to go to college, that. His brother was an outstanding player and he had some of those some of those things that you seemingly can't coach right when the eldest one they were both offensive linemen you don't have to know american football but he was very tactical right my job lock you to stop you from doing something the middle one no what he wanted to do was to make you regret that you ever thought to play this game (laughs) <laughs> he was going to defeat you so much, right? But he didn't have the commitment and the work effort that his older brother had. And I listened to people say, oh, too bad you can't put them together. But you know what? If the older one had the skill set the younger one did, maybe he wouldn't have worked as hard. Yep. Maybe he wouldn't, you know, so you keep taking it as it comes. You know, this, my partner here has taught me that. You did raise me, you know. Find the beauty, find the strength in everything. There's always something out there. You know, That's awesome. Never complain. Um, you know, and I get asked, you know, what, what did you do to prepare you to do this? You know, I never worked in retail before. I never worked in, I wasn't in the sock business. Um, but at the same time, I'm 63 years old, and my entire life has prepared me for this interview. Yeah. Well, it's worth out a ride in the end, hasn't it? Playing rugby helped me do what I'm doing now. You know, literally last week, I was describing to somebody what it was like to play in the scrum. <laughs> Not fun. <laughs> and, well, but really depend upon your teammates yeah right and what that felt like um you know there's a whole book and called and now you know answer new management called scrum management based on that principle so i don't know i'm ran i'm running off here no it's true though you know it's always love a good sport analogy too especially when it's you know something like footy or just but it's true like yeah 
only as good as the weakest person on the team in the game of rugby, especially in the scrum. I, I packed in enough of them to know. And that, <laughs> and I've been on the wrong end of a few of them too, where that you know where you get totally outsmarted by a, a stronger forward pack and a smarter forward pack, and it's the same in business. So you're absolutely spot on. Now, fellas, I'm conscious of the time. I'm conscious that it's late over there. I appreciate you sharing your insights, and I love the story, and I love that how an idea that came from John just wanting to actually do something when he finished school has worked out really well for you guys. So, John, that's all on you. That's full credit to you. All the credit to you, right? Right. Um, and we do have customers, many happy customers in Australia. Well, so tell us where we can find you. At johnscritisock.com. Beautiful. John, Easy to find. We'll put the link in the show notes. We'll put the link on the website as well. Fellas, I appreciate the time. I've loved going international for the first time and also having two people on for the first time as well. It's an awesome story. And I love the fact that you wanting to, um, you know, to see your son do well has, you know, you're obviously passionate about being a dad, which is why we're here in the first place. And, but it's actually worked out, you know, it just, it, you put some good in the world and it's come back to you guys tenfold, which is awesome to see. Right. You want to give some advice to people? Yes, Dad. Go ahead. I follow your heart, follow your dream, work hard, so you can do. Cool. Beautiful. Mate, that's awesome, John. I love that you're inspiring other people and helping other people as well. That's the main thing. And the same for you, Mark, as well. Your credit um, as a dad, of course. And... I'm glad it's all worked out for you guys. And thanks for joining us on Small Business Dads. All right. Thanks a lot. There you go. That was pretty awesome that you think. I love the passion that John has um, for business, for life. But I also love the passion that Mark has as a dad. And obviously as a dad, like you said, we all want the best for your kids. But to be able to turn that into something positive and to see how far it's grown, it's a pretty cool story. I really hope you enjoy that today. Of course, um, if you know someone that may benefit, please share this with them because it's an awesome story that needs to be shared. The more people that know about it, the better. But of course, if you know someone, maybe yourself, who's looking for some socks, you know where to go and grab them now too, especially now that we can't go outside and go to the shops and grab them ourselves. So grab online, johnscrazysocks.com. The link's in the show notes and on the websites, of course, too. Appreciate you spreading the word, especially for this episode because it was pretty cool to do um, for a difference, for a first as a father-son chat, but also our first international guest as well. So thank you, fellas, for joining us. And if you do know someone who would be a great guest, I've got a couple more lined up to wrap up season two of Small Business Dads, but love to lock them in. Send me an email, daniel at dpmtransformation.com. Tell me a bit about yourself. Tell me a bit about your family, of course, and your business. And we'll lock in a chat for October, November time. Until next time, smallbusinessdads.com.au. Over and out.